Hello and welcome back to Monday Sportif episode two. Yes, it's episode two and we are fast moving along. I'm Alex the Box as usual and we also have Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Good, mate. Excited to get back into it again. Let's go. Indeed. Uh, episode two comes and also we've got Dan the Ram. Dan the Ram, how are you, mate? Very, very well. Thank you very much. Alex, how are you? Good, not too bad at all. So yes, uh, Monday Sportive listeners, it is episode two of season two. We're very glad that you've come back for the second edition. Now, what we're going to do first, lads, is have a little talk about the news and what's going on in the world of football. Just a couple of stories. And I want to start with Anthony Gordon and that proposed move to Chelsea. I mean, there's figures which are bombing around of 50 million or even more than that. But what what are your guys? I mean, we'll start with you, Jordan. You're a Chelsea supporter. What's your view on this this particular transfer? Um, it's absolutely outrageous the numbers that they're looking at paying for him. Um, I think I think he he could be. He's got the potential to be a half decent player, but not for 50 million. And especially when you're letting the likes of Hudson Odoi go for next to nothing or letting him go on loan and then bringing in Anthony Gordon. It don't make sense to me, but obviously the manager sees something in him. But as, as a Chelsea supporter, are you, are you happy that w- being linked with this type of player or, or is, it, is it for you, is it a bit of a strange one? Absolutely not. I think we've got probably, people would disagree, but I think we've got the best right back in the league in Reese James and I, I don't know where else you're going to play Gordon because he didn't get into the team anywhere else. So, no, nah, not for me. How about yourself, Dan? What are you thinking on this? Um, it screams a bit of a bit of Russ Barkley two point for me. Um, <laughs> I think I think he's going to kick his heels once, once you know. I think we 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 spoke about Everton and potentially being in the relegation battle this year. Um, I I think he, he goes to Chelsea. I think they're going to pay it I, I, again. Like like Jordan said, I don't really think he's going to play, um, and he's probably going to find himself out alone to somebody else anyway. Um, it, the numbers are just a joke for for somebody that's played what a season and a half now. Yeah, and it's a bit of a funny one, really. I think personally, because you know Lampard, as we know, you know, push aside his managerial skills in terms of coaching young players. We've seen him push through players like Mount and James at Chelsea. He's done a great job, and there's probably a few more we could mention. But he's doing the same with Gordon at Everton, isn't he? He's really sort of bringing him on and showing that Lampard really is quite a good coach when it comes to coaching the young players. Um, this transfer seems to be headed by what's the name of the new owner of Chelsea? Is it Bowley? Yeah, Todd Bowley. Todd, Todd Bowley. You know, from my mind, from what I've read, it says that Bowley is is chasing this transfer, and Tuchel is pretty much on board with it. And I think, as a manager, you know, looking at a uh, sorry, a um, a young prospect coming into into Chelsea, you're not going to say no as a manager, are you? I think I think the way to look at it is. Bowley doesn't know nothing about football. It's the first time he's been in European football or European sports for any any matter. Um, I think that Tuchel has given him a list, and he said, "If you can get this player, if not, get this one." And I think he's. I think Gordon's on Tuchel's list because he's a he's an ideal sort of right wing back. Gives you a lot of energy. But Lampard's been playing at false nine, which is crazy to me. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? But um, for, for my mind, you know, Anthony Gordon is probably better suited to staying at Everton and getting game time. You know, that's, that's what he needs. He's getting Premier League game time. And it just seems, you know, a bit of a strange one moving, moving across to Chelsea, doesn't it? 100%. Mm. Now, another player, uh, Cucurella. I'm sure um, we've all seen Cucurella recently in the news with his £60 million transfer to Chelsea. Uh, he, he was caught up in a bit of a, um, what, what's the word to use? Like a hairdo moment when uh, <laughs> R- Romero pulled his hair back. But in the news this week, he's vowed not to get his hair cut because this is his style and he's not going to change it for anyone. I mean, what, what do you think of Cucurella so far, Jordan? I think he was um, he was brilliant against Tottenham. Um, I've, I watched him a few times last season for Brighton, and he, and he was and he was really good. But yeah, he was he was great against Tottenham. And um, I mean, in what world can you pull someone's hair and not get sent off? It's absolutely outrageous that you have to question him on cutting his hair instead yeah. of the fact that someone's dragged <laughs> him to the floor. <laughs> and, I think Dan the Ram. I know we're going to come on to Tottenham a bit later on in the show, but the the, the pulling of the hair. It seems that VAR. VAR reviewed it and they they decided that it was you know nothing there was nothing to do about it but yeah I saw Mike Riley's just come out tonight hasn't he who, who now sits as a VAR um, whatever his role is within within the uh, FA yeah and he's he's saying he's he's apologised to, to Chelsea saying that 
he should have reviewed it. Having spoke, having reviewed it internally himself, he, he said that they cut that call wrong. It should have been given to the referees to go over and look. So we're not going to open the, the, the can of worms on VAR, but it's uh, it's certainly a questionable one. Yeah, I think I think VAR could be its own uh, podcast entirely, yeah. couldn't it? Um, and and there's one more thing I want to cover is you know we are going to talk about Manchester United obviously in this podcast because they have uh, had a disastrous start to the season, but they're looking at anyone and everyone it seems that they're linked with every player that moves on the market and um, th- there is news that they're looking at potentially Pulisic again from Chelsea are involved in this uh, for a possible loan move I mean what do you think of that Jordan because Pulisic has been a pretty decent performer for Chelsea hasn't he I think uh, with Pulisic I, he's one of the most inconsistent footballers I've watched at Chelsea oh, really? when, when we had that Covid break um, when he come back from that he was he was fantastic but ever since then he's so lightweight he just doesn't look suited to it and um so injury prone all the time I I wouldn't mind seeing him go permanently or on loan if I'm honest and Dan what do you think of it uh, Man United obviously linked to everyone but a Pulisic move is that what they need definitely I don't I think they need more more than more than that when it comes to, to going forward um I, I've seen tonight though that Casemiro looks like he could be on his way yeah, yeah, which I think would be a phenomenal signing for them. Um, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Casemiro is a fantastic player. Yeah, he's a top like five it. in his position, isn't he? Easily. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, any other news you want to catch up on, guys, before we move on? No, nothing from me. No, no. No. Okay. What we're going to look at, we're going to do uh, Monday Sportive listeners. We're going to have a little look and review of the games that have taken place. We're going to sort of pick a side to look at and sort of uh, have a skim over the games. Um, I, I'm going to pick Arsenal. I think Arsenal, as we're aware, have had a fantastic start to the Premier League campaign with that great victory against Crystal Palace at Sellers Park, which is notoriously a very hard stadium to go to. And then also a fantastic home win against uh, Leicester City, who a lot of people have touted will might struggle this season. But, I mean, that, they looked pretty good, didn't they, Jordan Arsenal, over those two games? Yeah, they they look like they've starting to come into their own a little bit, and I think um, I think I'll, my uh, hot take from last week might be a bit out of the window. Here, but, um, <laughs> I, I think Dan's could be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus looks a great signing, and uh, they all look like they're playing well together. Yeah, and and yourself, Dan? Did you watch uh, the Arsenal over the last couple of games? Yeah, they're looking pretty good. I've actually I don't know if anyone else has been watching the All or Nothing that's coming out come out on Amazon this week uh, yeah. last week. Um, big, big, big fan of Mikel Arteta. I probably wasn't beforehand, but I'm really, really on board with the way he runs things behind the scenes. I like, I like his uh, pre-match team talks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know what? It's really funny with those types of shows because it it does give you that fantastic insight into what managers do and and the psychology they have to use with the players to try and sort of you know beat these big Premier League teams and compete as well. But it's, it, it has been an eye opener, hasn't it? Yeah, I've I've watched quite a lot of them. I know this I think Spurs and City did the other Premier League one, but um I have watched the one on the All Black, they've done a few American football ones as well. Yeah. It's it's really interesting seeing that side. But it, back to the point about Arsenal, yeah. I, I think they're they're on for it. I think they're doing Arsenal there, they're gonna run out of steam. Um <laughs> around the sort of Christmas period. Well, it's World Cup this year, isn't it? So I think I think that'll be an interesting one to see how that affects them going into January. Yeah, and, and Jordan, remind us of your hot take last week on the, on episode one. It was that Arsenal were not going to make uh, top four, wasn't it? Yep, that's correct. Um, I, I, I stand by it. I'm going to stand by it. Um, I think once they get beat by a few of the big teams, I think their season will start um, fading off a little bit. But I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But There we go. Me. So, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. For me, standout performer, we'll come on to it, was uh, Gabriel Jesus. I mean, he's looking like a... A, a new animal this season away from the shackles of Man City but um, he, he's really sort of taken the ball by the horns with Arsenal and he's he scored two goals against Leicester and he looked dangerous against Crystal Palace as well didn't he so yeah um, so um, Dan moving on to your team you're going to look at uh, Forrest go on then what have you got for us from <laughs> yeah I think um, it's quite ironic that being a big Derby fan I'm talking about Forrest but um, <laughs> obviously start, started with disappointing loss to Newcastle I think I think the occasion probably got to them a little bit in that. I think that as well as signings, meant, I think they must break the record this this week for signing the most players before um, the end of August. I think it's 14, 14 summer signings. Yeah. 78 just, million. Just yeah. another one today, wasn't there? Yeah. So the, yeah. the one I'm going to bring up today um, is the signing of uh, Morgan Gibbs-White from Wolves. 
Um, yeah. He's going to sign him for 45 million with add-ons. Nice. Uh, this is someone who scored, I think it's three goals in the over 80 Premier League games for Wolves. So where they've got that figure from, I don't know. Um, but they, they beat West Ham on Sunday. Um, I think West Ham were absolutely fuming with the referee again in that one. Um, missed penalty by West Ham. But Forrest didn't look bad. Um, I think the city ground is going to be a t- tough place to go for a lot of teams this year. It's a p- proper old-fashioned um, stadium. It's a very good atmosphere. Um, I think that's going to get them a few points at home. Um, but uh, again, I think it's a big ask. I don't think all the signings they're making are, are established Premier League players. I think it's a real mixed bag of who, who they've signed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know over the next next few games we'll certainly start to see where Forest season's going to go. And, and you know, fourteen summer signings. Do you think they've been? You know, you said it's a mixed bag. Do you think that they've done good business, or do you reckon it's just they sort of bought people that have come along and? Yeah, they signed the two players, Tuffalo and I can't remember the other gentleman from um, from Huddersfield. I think players like that are great signings because they they give you that steal. They're top Championship players and they can make the step up. On yeah. the other hand, you've got players like Jesse Lingard who he's always played in good teams. Is, is, is he ever played in a team? Where he's he's really not been playing with you know with one or two world class players, I don't think so. So, um, I I will be I still think they're going to go down. Um, I just do. I just don't think. I think they're trying to do what Aston Villa did. They're trying to blow the money now and hopefully stay up. And if they stay up, then they get the money that you know they can go after the the real marquee signings then. But they're doing it a year before Villa did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Villa managed to stay up the year and then they signed you know Coutinho. They bought Danny Ings. They gave, you know, they put stuff for contracts out. I mean, the rumours of Jesse Lingard being on nearly upwards of two hundred thousand a week for a newly promoted mm. team is, is bonkers. And just quickly going back to the, the the first game of the season against Newcastle. I mean, watching Newcastle this season, that they are looking like yeah, they, they're, they're starting to show sort of um, a style of play and they're establishing that, aren't they? And at home, they really took uh, Nottingham Forest to the sword and they scored two fantastic goals. I think the the Shaw goal was an absolute screamer. Oh, yeah, that was great. great and, and then you, Callum Wilson, if he can stay fit, is I think is is you know potentially could get in the England side. And he's his delicate chip over Henderson was just fantastic, wasn't it? There were two two great goals from Newcastle, and I think they're going to kick on this season, aren't they? Yeah, I think Newcastle are going to be you know up there in the top top half, definitely. Whether or not they've got enough enough at the present, but obviously we all know who their owners are. Um, yeah. I'm sure those, those deep pockets are gonna if they if they're on the edge come January that there may be a few a few players bought as well. But um, I, I like Newcastle. I think he's as far as to say the, the cliche sleeping giants go. I think they are one of them. Um, just on what that club could be if they actually ever did just get over that line. Yeah, um, they had it in the, obviously in the nineties, and then they had a bit of a run under Bobby Robson in the early noughties. But since then, it's obviously everyone knows what it's been like under Mike Ashley for them. So. Yeah, and and just moving on, obviously the the, the West Ham win uh, was a fantastic, fa- fantastic win for Nottingham Forest, and like you said, the City Ground this season could be become that sort of fortress. But I've got to say, what have Manchester United done getting rid of uh, or letting Henderson go out on loan? Because he was just fantastic in that game, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, did you see it, Jordan? And and also the penalty save from Declan Rice was just fantastic as well. So yeah, he he was he was showing good promise when he was at Man United. He just needs a good run of games. Unfortunately, he had the hair in front of him. He's got a hell of a reputation, I think, for a keeper that's not as good as he's made out to be. Yeah, no, I, I sort of agree with you on that. But um, H- Henderson's performance, and I think going on this season, I think Henderson is gonna is gonna buy Nottingham Forest a lot of points this season. He's He's proven that he can play. I'm sure he played in the Premier League. I can't remember who it was for. Um, but why Manchester United? Chef United, wasn't it? Was yeah, moment, what, yeah. Why Manchester United are not putting that that guy in as number one is just beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. But, well, yeah, yeah after, after last week's uh, <laughs> shambles by De Gea, I'm pretty sure that, that whoever made that decision's not going to be a popular person at Camden <laughs> this week. No, indeed. And uh, so, Jordan, um, we looked at we looked at Arsenal and Forest. Jordan being the Chelsea supporter, we're going to have a look at how Chelsea have got on so far uh, this season. Um, where do you want to start, Jordan? Uh, we start with the first game. I think um, the Everton result was a was a poor poor performance from us, but I think it was always going to be a tough game. Like I mentioned, I, th- I thought it was going to be close, and I, th- I thought they could have got a draw, and they might have deserved to get one at the rate we played at. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to the probably the game of the Premier League so far um, against Tottenham. It was, yeah, we completely played Tottenham off the park. And I think most of the big teams will because of Conte's negative approach. I think a lot of the big teams will play them off the park. And um, 
it's just unfortunate to have to talk about VAR again because it was um, some absolutely woeful decisions in there. Yeah, and and I think going yeah there was I mean the, the the Tottenham game speaks for itself. It was high octane Premiership football. It, it's I, I think I don't know if you guys have heard, but the the referee association have got together and said that they they want to try and stamp out those little sort of niggly fails that sort of stop play and you know yeah um, and 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 I think this game would be one of those games where you could look at that and see see where that's you know, coming into effect, can't you? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think there was a, a couple though that got pulled up straight away, and it just wasn't consistent enough. I don't, I didn't think across the board, and that's the problem with refs with different opinions. I think it's always going to be inconsistent. Yeah, and um, going back quickly, and we'll go touch on the Tottenham game again. But the the Everton game, I mean, it was it would be disappointing for Everton fans, but they were they were unlucky with a few opportunities. I mean, Mendy again this season is looking fantastic for Chelsea. He pulled off a fantastic save, I think, from a Tarkovsky header, um, and he he's going to be an important player for Chelsea this season, isn't he, Mendy? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's going to be. He, he was last season, and I think he will be again. I think he's a really good goalkeeper. And I think he's underappreciated. But um, obviously, I'd say that as a Chelsea fan. Yeah, and and also just to touch on uh, Sterling. I mean, we spoke about Sterling a lot in the last episode. And what what do we think, Dan? Have you seen much of him for Chelsea so far this season? Yeah, I think I think his job is has changed, hasn't it? He's no longer the, the player he was. I know. It's such a long time ago when he broke for at Liverpool and went to City and, you know, it was all about taking his man on. I think he's, he's more of a footballer, isn't he, now? Yeah. Um, he's, he's older, he's more of a leader. I think he takes that into his stride as well. Um, I can see him playing more how he does for England, um, being, being a bit more inverted. But, yeah, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about how, how he, you know, started the season. Maybe not on fire as such, I think. Um, he's certainly one that I would always pick in my team, regardless of, of who else was playing with him. Yeah, and and you know what I noticed as well. I'm not sure if you saw it, but he's he really does have that Pep Guardiola influence on him, doesn't he? he yeah, uh, he, you can see now with his play, he takes the ball from deep, and then he arrives. He does that arrive late arrival in the box, which was typical with players like Paul Scholes and Lampard. You know that sort of late arrival in yeah. the box, and you, you can see that. Pep had been working on that with Sterling, and he's doing it for Chelsea now. So I think he's going to get goals for Chelsea uh, because he's got that he's got that in the bag, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he, he had a, he had a good chance against Brighton, which was unluckily blocked, um, and then he got the assist for James's goal on the weekend. So I, I don't think he started badly. I think, um, and I think he'll kick on once we once we sort of uh, get into a rhythm. I think he'll get a few goals. Yeah, and uh, j- just touching again on Chelsea versus Tottenham, um, the Koulibaly strike was just something else, wasn't it? It was a fan- fantastic strike, wasn't it? Yeah, what a strike that is. You don't expect that from your centre-back. Yeah, and, uh, and and also from James. I thought it was a decent uh, finish from James as well. And again, he's looking promising this year for Chelsea, isn't he? So Yeah. Uh, and um, what, what do we take about the... I mean, I don't want to touch on it because for me it's a little bit boring, but the, the manager's having a little bit of a quarrel at the, at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's like watching old school with Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson again, isn't it? I'm, yeah, I like it. it shows, so it shows, do I. It's it's good. They they want it shows they want to win. They're not just you know happy, happy to to lose or to take the draw. Like it's it's I'd... again it's boring to talk about over and over again. But at least it's, if that's the way they're leading the teams, you know, and if the games are getting played like that, then let it go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but uh, like when. Liverpool and Man City play each other, and Guardiola and Klopp hugging at the end. I, I'm not a fan. I, mean, no. I like I like the rivalry and the two to running up the touchline and it, it getting in people's faces. It adds to the entertainment, I suppose. It, it reminded me a bit of Barry Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, um, guys, moving on. Uh, obviously, we've had a little review of the games that have taken place so far in the Premier League. But um, what, what sort of players um, or what player are you looking at to stand out uh, this season, Dan? Who, who have you seen and who do you like? Yeah, so I, I'll go with Rodrigo um, at Leeds. Um, yeah. came, came from Spain a few seasons ago. Um, yeah. Spanish international. Um, very quiet. I think it's 13 in two seasons since, since he, he joined. Yeah, um, but he scored three in two games. Um, got them back in the game against Wolves when they went one 0 down. Um, spearheaded the attack from. I think he's playing ten as well, which yeah. is even more impressive. And then he scored two goals at the weekend against Southampton um, to ensure that you know that they didn't lose that game too. Um, I just like him as a player. I think he's he's it's a standard for me that someone who takes a couple of seasons to get used to. Cliche again, uh, physicality, speed yeah. of the prem. 
Um, and I think he's going to kick on. I'm not too sure about Jesse Marsh as a coach, um, <laughs> just because American coaches don't really have too too much of a reputation in the Premier League. But I think he's won this year. If you've not got any fantasy, especially get him in. I think he's going to get assists and I think he's going to score at least 10 goals this season, if not more. He's already on three, like I say. So I think he's definitely one to watch. And I think he could be one of the players that does end up at a Newcastle um, come January if he carries on the form he's got. Yeah, and, and he, he was in fact, you know, like you said, in Spain, I think for Valencia, he, he was just on yeah, fire for say, Valencia. Yeah, yeah. And he, a, a shame for the Leeds fans. They haven't really seen that prolific sort of goal scorer. But like you said, Dan, he the two goals he scored against Southampton were the type of goals you want to be seeing Rodrigo scoring. That He was in and around you know, the six-yard box and he was just getting those scruffy tap-ins and good finishes. And that's what you want to see from Rodrigo. And he seems to have found his eye for goal again, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think when he was in Valencia, he played as a striker as well. Um, yeah. So even more impressive that you know, he's managed to come over and, and, and drop back a bit um, yeah. and play in that role. I think... It's the only thing I can see that may hold him back is that they did sign. I think they signed a couple of players, um, Sinisera and Aronson. Um, yeah. Dan James is injured at the minute as well, so you know he's taking his chance, which which is what you've got to expect from from an international player. Um, I think if he continues, if he does continue the form he's got, that those those players aren't going to get a sniff. But um, certainly, certainly one for me that started the season on fire. Yeah, and you, you talk about Marsh obviously um, being a manager at Leeds. What what are we thinking about that? I mean, how do you reckon Leeds are going to get on this season? Um, I think they were all right. I think they were they were they were weren't as bad as what um, the teams around them were last year that did go down, and some teams that stayed up like Everton were far worse. Um, I think they'll be okay. I think they've got a good squad. Um, I did see. I think it was United were sniffing around their keeper, the French the young French boy. Yeah. Um, and they've told it. They've told him not a chance is he going. So, you know, they're not selling, which which you know leads over the years have been known to do. Um, and I think that's going to be key for them this year. Is you know any players that do step up, um, and you know become those superstar players, they manage to keep hold of because obviously Rafinha went at the first calling of of him being able to go. So um, I think that's key for them. We go on the manager. I'm not sure. I think I think that he, I doubt he'll be here by the end of the season. Personally, a lot of Ted, Ted Lasso <laughs> I, I, vibes, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I, I love this, Dan. I, I, I love your beheading of Premier League managers. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's the same. It's the same across Sam Allen, you know, by Christmas. Yeah, that's it. No, I, I think uh, it's, it's too far. It's too far up north for Sam to go. He likes his <laughs> nice southern climates, even though he's a northerner, doesn't he? He never really goes up there. Fantastic. And uh, Jordan, who was you looking at? Uh, I'm going to go with Polinia uh, from <laughs> Fulham. And I think I think he's been brilliant. And a lot of big clubs were sniffing around him before he even went to Fulham. And I was surprised he ended up there for so cheap as well, 18 million. Yeah. But six foot three and playing in the middle. And he's great on the ball. I've, he's been top draw for them so far this season. And um, he's a real good player. I think he'll, he'll kick on. And I think Fulham will, like a, when it comes to a hot takes, you'll see. But I think uh, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, and and P- Pelinia, he's uh, they sort of call him the midfield enforcer. He's got that sort of air about him, like you said, it's that presence in midfield. And I think there's a stat that he made six tackles against Liverpool, um, and that was more than any other player on the pitch. He's one of those players that is, is happy to sit in there and win the ball back and be that sort of enforcer in midfield, isn't he? Yeah, and if and if you're looking for an easy bet builder, him to get booked every week, it looks like <laughs> he's going to be a, <laughs> yeah, looks like gonna be a key one. Do, do, Jordan's top tips then. He's good, <laughs> so. Um, so, guys, what I'm going to do, I'm going to touch on my player, which is Gabriel Jesus. Surely he's in your fantasy team. He's, he is he's now. For, for, yeah, he is Everyone. now. For, for, for my mind, Jesus, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, he's looking like a different animal. Um, he seems to have that hunger back. He's the main man up top for Arsenal. I think he's going to glorify in that. Um, two fantastic, fantastically well-taken goals against Leicester. I think he's going to push into 20-plus goals this season and be a real talisman. Mm. Um, he's a great player to watch, isn't he? Yeah, yes. I, I, I like I like, I like him all round. I think the fact that he came over and went and played in the pipe for so long, yeah. he's, he's a complete forward. He knows how to come off, get involved. He knows how you know, to get in behind. Um, I think in the Arsenal team, the way that they play, uh, yeah. him spearheading the, the three, um, I, I completely agree. I think he's looking at it 20, 20 easy this season. Yeah, his work yeah. rate's phenomenal as well. I mean, he, he presses from the front. He leads that press the whole way through. 
And, yeah, um, and, and I, I think he had um, a meeting uh, with the Arsenal director of football. I can't remember, Edu. Edu and um, I think Edu said to him, you know, you, you haven't been the main man. You haven't been shining at Man City. Come to Arsenal and be, and be that. And it looks like he's taken that opportunity. And if, if you see Gabriel Jesus play for Brazil, he, he really is for Brazil as well. He's their talisman up front. And he, he, he plays that role so well for Brazil. And I think he's going to do exactly the same for Arsenal. He sort of had to settle for sort of on-off games with Man City, didn't he? In that sort of rotation. But yeah, for me, uh, Gabriel Jesus is the one to watch this season. Now, moving on to our hot takes, gentlemen. Where should we start first? Who wants to go first with that? I think we should start with you, Alex. (laughs) Okay, we'll start with me. So um, I'm I'm, going to go slightly off the Premier League and English football here. And my hot take is going to be Juventus, yes, the giants of Italy, to win the Serie A this season. I think they've been sleeping. Uh, a little bit, but they've been simmering under the surface. And if you look at their team this season and who they've got in there, I've, I think with Flahovic up front, uh, Dia Maria in his first game in the Serie A this season looks he's doing Dia Maria things, you know, cutting in from the from the right and getting shots in and, and assisting goals. You've also got Loc- uh, Locatelli, uh, McKenny and Corrado, who, who are you know creative players. I mean. What do you guys reckon on the uh, Serie A this season? I think um, I've, I've brought it out at the start of the season. I, I think Mourinho's going to Mourinho's going to do it, Alex. You think Roma, yeah? Uh, well, I've got to back Mourinho and Tammy at, at Roma, haven't I? So that's go. who I'm going with this year. I think um, <laughs> the, I'm not biased at all, boys. I promise. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Roma. I think he's built quite a good team. But yeah, with Juventus, they're. They're the giants of Italian football, aren't they? And I think they, they deserve to get back to where they were. Yeah, I, I just think uh, watching them the other day against the Swallow, they, they, with a 3-0 victory, that link-up between Dear Maria and uh, Flavich is going to be absolutely deadly. I, I, I'm not sure how they're going to get on in, in the Champions League, but certainly Serie A, I think it's it's theirs for the taking. They, they're obviously going to have opposition against with Inter Milan. Uh, pushing, and of course, the holders AC Milan. How about you, Dan? Do you follow a bit of Italian football? Yeah, it's fully fun, enough. Um, my, my my missus's whole mum's side is Italian, so they're football mad. They're all Inter fans. Inter. Um, I live with an Italian lad. He's a big Napoli fan. So I've I have to admit, over the last the last year, I probably have got into it a little bit better. Um, I I think AC will go back to back. Um, I think they've got a good young team. Um, I, I saw they signed. Um, the Belgian fella from Liverpool scored yeah. the last minute goals. I think he could hit it up in Italy, you know. Yeah. Um. What's his name? He's Origi. Uh, yeah, Dimitri Origi. I think he could hit it up, hit it up in. Is a, a regular player in a in an Italian team. Um. Again, similar to Jesus, never been the main man at his club. Um. I really like him. I think I think it could be back to back Serie as for uh, for AC Milan. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with you. And and going back to your your housemate, is is this the a Napoli fan that walks around in uh, Napoli tracksuits all the time? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I will speak to him. I will speak to him about coming on. Uh, oh, he, knows, we... he knows we're recording tonight, so he'll be listening. I'm sure. Fantastic. And what was his name? Sorry, it's Luigi. Shout out to Luigi. <laughs> Luigi, listen, Luigi, come on the show. We want you on, and we want those uh, those Napoli tracksuits. We got to see them as well. We'll put it out. On, <laughs> we'll put it out on Twitter. Fantastic. So there we go. You for me, Juve to win the Serie A. Dan, we'll move on to your hot take. What is it this week? Yeah. So for me, um, turbulent start, but I still believe that United are going to win a trophy this season. Um, mm. I, I think they're turning going to turn it around pretty pretty sharpish. Um, it is normally the case with with the bigger teams that. You know, if they do have the slower start, that they do manage to do something on the side, um, they're they're not going to obviously do anything towards the challenging for the title. But I think because of that, you know, their focus is going to have to be to get something on board this season. I think once they've managed to ship Ronaldo out of there, the team's going to settle. Um, I still believe they've got some absolutely superb players. I still think, you know, Jadon Sancho wants to be at the World Cup. Is anyway one, one way he's going to be there. Um, the same goes for Rashford. I do think Rashford's going the same same path as Jesse Lingard in terms of um, his off the field um, passions are going to get in the way of his football, and I think he's going to be the forgotten man. Um, I do think United just got to sign that one strike to, once Ronaldo goes to, to set them up. I don't think that's going to be this side of Christmas, um, but then the FA Cup final is until May, so 
like Dan, yeah. you, you do realise you have just taken on the mantle as a councillor for every Manchester United <laughs> down the country. <laughs> Literally, like, like you, you could set up a clinic and just have them coming in one after the other and just saying, right, take a seat. Right, this is what's going to happen, okay? <laughs> Fortune teller, that's what, that's what it should be called. <laughs> no, I, I just, I think, I think they're quality. I think they've, they've got a real solid back five normally. Um, I'm normally? Too, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think you know, maybe looking more on paper than anything, but you know, I think, Luke... they, I think they need a back seven, maybe. Well, maybe that'd be a... <laughs> that's that's why if they do manage to sign Casemiro, I think that they're sure. I wouldn't really be confident playing in front of Fred and McTominay either. So, um, I think that, I think they're going to come good. Um, I just I just don't know when it's going to be, but I think they're going to get Steve second half and potentially win a trophy. Wow, you know your hot takes are fantastic. We've got Tottenham to win the Premier League. And you get some value on that double and Manchester United to win a trophy. You know, listen, if if any Monday sportive listeners, if you're looking for a long punt this season, have a listen to Dan the Ram. He's really got some uh, <laughs> some cracking ones here. I mean, I like it. I I I love it. I love I love it. I think they're fantastic. And uh, Jordan, what are we saying from you? Hot take. Um, all right, I'm going to go with Fulham to stay up, and I think um, they'll be the only team outside of that have just come up that will stay up. If I'm honest, um, I think the, for the first time, well, the last time they come up, they were dreadful, but they've signed some really good players this time, um, and they've and I think they've got a decent squad, and I think they're from watching them. I've watched the, their first two games, and 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 they've looked good. I, I think yeah, they've got yeah. a real chance, and I think Mitrovic is looking to kick on. He looks a lot slimmer than he did the last time he came up. And I think he's getting used to Premier League football. I expect to see some goals from him. Yeah, no, I do agree. Fulham uh, looked very good against Liverpool. Nice, compact team. And, you know, with their manager, he, we, we know he can cut it at the top level. Uh, it was just a case of whether or not Mitrovic was going to, you know, sort of perform in the Premier League this year. I think I spoke last season on, on the podcast about him being one of those players that bangs loads of goals in, in the Championship. I think he scored almost 50 last year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he's come out, but he, he started really well, and he he is their he is Fulham's talisman, and if if he's on fire and scoring, you know, there's a good chance they can stay up, isn't there? Yeah, I mean they 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 um they signed Burn Leno in goal, um they got obviously got Polina, they got they got they got a very strong team. They signed another centre back. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Oh, Diop from West Ham. Oh and, yeah, and I think yeah they've signed well, and I think if it all comes together for them, I think they'll 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 stay up. What do you reckon, Dan? Fulham staying up? Is yeah, good... I think they're going to be down there. I think they're going to be in in, in and around the, the oh, bottom yeah. six for most of the season. But I, I do, I do agree. I, I think that again, it's it, it's that standard. I think the Premier League goes through phases every three or four years where teams manage to survive the rot for season on season on season, and eventually they drop, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. I think I agree with everything John said. They've made some great signings. They got, and the thing that they've managed to do is keep a good core of players like um, Tom Kearney who he must be desperate at this point to prove that he can play in the Premier League for more than one season before he gets relegated again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those kind of players are going to be massive for them this year, I think. Um, I, I agree, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Fantastic. <laughs> now, listen, uh, sports... Sorry, uh, Monday Sportif uh, listeners, we have started some Twitter spaces this season and uh, we are looking for everyone to get involved. It's just a bit of fun on Twitter. And we did start, uh, it's only EFL, but I like it. And we are going to start integrating that into the podcast with some EFL chat. Dan the Ram is our EFL man. Dan, where do we want to start with the EFL? It's been a great uh, start to the English. Yeah, season, yeah, so absolutely. I think the, the EFL this year is, is going to be the most exciting league um, structure in the, in the whole of Europe to be watching. I think um, the Championship, League One and League Two, I think it is near and impossible to call. Um, I think we, we've hit the point with the with the Football League now where you know the the, the prizes to get out of the division you're in and go up one. Um, is, is is getting to the point now where teams are absolutely throwing everything they can at it, and I think the quality of football is is the best it's been for a long time. Yeah. Um. Some of the goals I've seen coming out of the championship last weekend were outrageous. Yeah. Um. So we will start with the championship. Um. Sitting at the top at the minute are Blackburn Rovers. Now, Alex, I don't think any of us saw that happening. If we would say four games well, in, he's going to be mean, top. It's a Blackburn are one of those clubs that have. Over the last couple of seasons, they, they've been sort of um, flirting with that sort of the playoff places. And, you know, every now and then they'll, they'll sort of go on a run and push towards the top two as well. And it, it doesn't, I'm not surprised, but 
it's it has been a flying start for them, hasn't it? I mean, nine points, they are they're, they're top of the league at the moment. But it's whether or not with Blackburn, they've got a, quite a young squad. Yeah, and they've got... whether or not they can maintain it throughout, you know, the gruelling championship season, isn't it? Yeah, and they've got obviously new that new manager bounce under John Dar Thomason. Um, yeah, it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't with the the off season change. Um, for them, it is in second place though. Now I don't believe anybody's got Hull second after four games um, <laughs> no. in the table. So um, Jordan, I don't know if you you know much about Hull this season. I, I, I'm gonna admit, boys, I, I, Hull are not my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hull again, and one you know could could last year. I think if it wasn't for the the fact that Derby and Reading had the points deduction, and you know mentally they knew they were safe. I think they could have been one that could have gone. Yeah. Um, to, to sit in second place, I mean, it is tight. They're not, you know, only Blackburn are the, are the ones that've got a bit of a cushion. Um, and then below Hull, you've got the usual suspects. You've got Watford, Sheffield United, Millwall are always going to be around there with Gary Rower. Same with Cardiff. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's funny you should say that because I was going to mention about, um, you know, they are the usual suspects in Watford, Sheffield United, but you know, and you've got Cardiff there as well. Cardiff seems yeah. to pull out championship wins week in week out, but Millwall were one of those teams where, you know, you look at Millwall over the last three seasons and they've been pushing towards the playoffs every season. I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Gary Rower, even even though he snaked Derby all those years ago going to Stoke. Um, his football was horrendous to watch. But you would just be there. You'd be you'd be in with a shout every single game of getting something. Yeah. Um. We we went into the the playoff semi final second leg at Fulham one nil up. Like our team was not a not a Premier League team. All weren't even really a champ a playoff um team either. But we managed to you know sit sit in the playoffs. So he'll get teams playing. I think Mill was a great club for him. Um. It's obviously not a particularly nice place to go. So their home record is always going to be good. Um, and then if we go all the way down to the bottom, Alex, we can see yeah. QPR are lurking there. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, and you know, I will, touch, I will touch on my beloved QPR because it's been it's a strange transition with the new manager, uh, Michael Bill, who's come in. That um, there's been some good signs, and Michael Bill talks a very good game even pre and post match interviews you, you know you believe the guy and you believe in in what he's doing but on the pitch it's just we've got a lot of new young players who are you all very some great promising signs, i think yeah but it, it's just a case of welding them all together into into a style and a style of football and against blackpool the other night it, it just it was just a mess like we had no didn't appear to have any strategy going forward we were trying to get that lucky lucky goal um, and you know what it's like in the championship when you play a similar you know similar team at a similar level it's like ping ping ball isn't it the ball's all over the place and Blackpool just put us to the sword they scored and then they just defended for the rest of the game so it's just it's typical championship game on a Tuesday yeah, night, really. Yeah, but, uh, it's never nice. It's going to be a really long season for Queen's Park Rangers supporters. I, I, I don't think we're going to go anywhere near the playoffs. I'm, I'm hoping we can finish. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping we. I'm hope. Cheers for that, Daniel. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can get a top ten finish, but I think it's unlikely. I think we're going to go for our customary thirteenth, which is like neither here nor there. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and, well, and, you know, uh, it's a building. building judging by the isn't it? start of the season, I'll take that now. So yeah, and just quickly touch on the bottom three as well. Um, West Brom, a third bottom at the minute, three points. They've drawn three. They've not even won a game yet, and lost mm-hmm. one. Is Steve Bruce finally time to retire? Well, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think he's been on that edge for a long time, <laughs> and he's got away with it. Um, I think it's time for him to. Yeah, take his yeah. thing and leave. Go and, go and get, go and get <laughs> his villa in the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not looking great. <laughs> okay, we'll quickly move on to, to League One. Yeah. Um, so, top, top of the tree in League One at the minute are Ipswich, second place Peterborough. Um, I would say all the way down to eighth, it's going to be that those teams are going to be in and around it. Um, that's Ipswich, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Bolton, Exeter, Charlton, Derby, Sheffield, United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Sorry. Um, I think any of those teams can win the league at Cancer this year. I think. Um, it's just going to be the one that basically quite literally doesn't lose against the other teams around them um, yeah. for those for those spaces. Um, I don't know um, how much, again, Jordan, you know about the league, the league one structure, but there are actually some absolute giants down there at the moment. Yeah, huge clubs. And, uh, you know, just touching on Derby, um, Derby, Dan, 
it's they're sort of simmering and they're, they're looking they're looking good but it's just it's about getting that sort of momentum and results coming in isn't it yeah 100 percent. i mean um we've we've signed james collins um who was an absolute um superstar for luton in their, yeah. their push through the leagues and um, went to cardiff didn't quite step up so he's come back down to league one with derby he hasn't scored yet he's played every game as well we've been the league league um cup game against mansfield which we won yeah. Um, he's got two, two. I think the best wide players outside the championship. How we've managed to sign um, Tom Barkhausen from Preston amongst interests is beyond me because he scored a few goals, got a few assists this season. And then on the other side, we've got Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who yeah. is a bit of an yeah. EFL legend in his own right. Never really <laughs> settled before he moved on. Um, the way that Liam Rossini's got Derby playing is very much wingers on the outside whipping balls in um, we've got yeah. Corey Hurahan as well I think once James Collins starts scoring um, I think we are going to be starting to climb up towards the, the top four are you, and are hopefully... you still sticking with your prediction of Derby to win the league yeah I think, I think we, I think we will um, I, Curtis Davis is out for four weeks um, James Chess is injured as well so you know the only thing I can see that kill us at the minute is injuries but I think it's, it's looking good we you know we're, we're sat on the edge of the playoffs um, we've got Fleetwood away on Saturday. Um, I think we can win that and find ourselves in the playoffs for the first time this season. Love it. And uh, in regards to James Collins, we, everyone knows he scores at this level. And I, I just think it's a matter of time. It's a new club. Get him settled in. Like you said, get those balls pinged into the box and he will put them away. I think it's just a matter of time and momentum, I think, for the body. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And Jordan, Jordan, just on the League One, uh, bottom of the table at the minute are Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbanks, Burton, Albion. Yeah, they're that, in, they're that, trouble, aren't they? that doesn't surprise me. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. Hasselbank's an absolutely terrible manager, and he should have, he should have stayed retired. <laughs> well, managed, it's he, he links, links to QPR both of you, well. isn't it? So. Yeah. He managed QPR, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He's done quite a good job, actually. Uh, Hello? Hey, or is it my old wrong? What's no, that? Sorry. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, yeah, he managed QPR for a bit. Didn't he take Burton? Didn't he take Burton up once? Yeah, he did. He, he inherited like a very good Burton Albion side who were sort of doing fantastically well, and he, he just sort of took the reins and pushed them up through into the championship. He actually, he actually took it off Gary Rowett. Yeah, he took it off Gary. I think Gary Rowett went to someone like Birmingham, and then he yeah he, he did took, yeah. yeah he took over Burton Albion. But and then we, yeah, then we jumped ship. Nigel Clough then went back to to Burton. It's a merry go round, isn't it? And it's, for me, it's strange seeing Wickham hanging around the bottom. I mean, they they haven't had a great start to the season, but they've got a good squad this year, haven't they? Wickham? Yeah, they'll be okay. I think it's again. That's why after four, you know, after four games, you don't know. You get a feel for where it's going. Um, I think Wickham will be fine. They've just signed a keeper today, so yeah. um, which I think was a big problem for them. So. I, th- I think they're going to be back up and around the, in the mix towards the end of the season. I think so too. And uh, League Two, what are we looking at in League Two? <laughs> yeah, League Two. So I'm going to have to give a Leighton Orient a shout out again because uh, I said that you know I would be going to get the burger there this season. Yes. Um, definitely wouldn't mind going though if they continue the form. They've won three, three out of the last three now. Um, sat sat in second place. Salford are at the top. Yeah. Um, which are obviously the the money money ball team that are getting backed by the big boys. Yeah. Um, they're gonna they're gonna go up. I think Salford aren't they? They've you know they've got the the budget that other yeah. clubs in that level just don't have. Yeah. But it's, uh, at the moment, it's four teams standing at ten points in League Two, so it's uh it's going to be a fantastic league to watch, isn't it? I yeah, mean, I, I love the dog best. fight because two go down and three go and three go up automatically. So you know. It's, it's easier to get out of the league at the same time, you know, you, you you can't really go out of it. So teams obviously can just fester. Um yeah. there's some still some massive teams down there that, you know, Bradford, um, Doncaster, you know, crew, all teams that, you know, have been in and around the championship in the last few years. Yeah. Um I my outside shot for that division is uh, Mansfield Town, I think. I think under under Clough, um, he's gonna get them out of that league to this this year, I think. Um, and then at the bottom, again, I don't know, can't say I know much about Newport or Rochdale, um, but it's, it'd be a shame. It'd be a shame if um, if any team drops out of there. But I know the teams that they're in in the football, uh, not football league, um, the conference, yeah, um, whatever that's now called, um, Vanarama Premier League, isn't it? Or something. <laughs> um, I I, th- I think there's some bigger teams down down in that division now than there are in, in 
bottom half. Of yeah, I think it's the well. national. It's the national league, and you're That's right. In, the national. And you're right in saying that, Dan. I mean, if you drop out of League Two and go into the national league, it is a terrifying division. It's the quality is good, and there are some big clubs fighting yeah. their way in there. So it's it, and and a lot of teams. You've looked at Sutton United come up into League Two, and that their manager said. He said it's no different to the National League. No, he said, no, he, yeah. he, he, he said it's the same standard, which shows you if you drop out of the Football League, it's it really is. Wrexham, Notts County, Chesterfield, huge, huge clubs down there. And yeah. um, just as we wrap up on the Football League, can we can we just quickly talk about the ongoing situation at Coventry? Yeah. So, oh, what, so what is that to do with the pitch? Yeah, so for listeners that aren't aware um, of what's going on, so Coventry ground share with um, Wasps, the rugby team. Yeah. Um, and because the ground was used for the Rugby Sevens at the Commonwealth Games, the pitch has been deemed unplayable by the EFL. So oh. the last three home games um, that they've played, some have been postponed, and they've been managed to managed to flip the fixture. I think on one of those games, yeah. no, it wasn't. Sorry, they they played at Burton's ground in the EFL Cup. So they actually played a, a neutral ground because they can't play. And I think yesterday they've called it off for this weekend as well. So Coventry are already having a backlog of games in a season that's going to be cut short because we are going to have a winter break for the World Cup. So I think Coventry could be in big trouble this year. Can they get uh, deducted points for that? I don't believe they will. Um, Derby situation last year when we didn't own the ground was that if we didn't have a, if we didn't have a ground to play in, that we wouldn't be allowed membership. They have a ground to play in. They just can't play in it because the pitch (laughs) isn't, isn't good enough. Um, If there's any Coventry, Coventry fans listening, I would love to know who's at fault for this. Is it the rugby club? Is it the ground staff or is it is it Coventry City Council, I think, that own that ground? There we go. From Dan the Ram, we'll put a tweet out along with the podcast and see if we can get some answers. And of course, any any Coventry fans want to join us on the podcast, please uh, DM us and let us know. We'll, we'll welcome you on. Now, what we want to do is, we, you know, we can't have our listeners have all the fun. So we sent out a tweet last week mm-hmm. um, as there is a big heavyweight fight happening uh, on the weekend between AJ and Usyk. Now, we're not going to talk about the boxing because this is a football podcast. But what we are going to talk about and what we what the question we put out there was, who, which football player, past and present, would give Anthony Joshua a run for his money in the boxing ring? And we had some funny responses, uh, not only from the Monday Sportive hosts, but also from uh, Stephen Cole on Twitter, who uh, tweets to Monday Sportive on a regular basis. He's mentioned Balotelli. Would Balotelli Ooh. give AJ a... Uh... <laughs> not a, ch- not yeah, a chance. Set up a few fireworks at end of Yeah. yeah. Not D- so dirty sure. tactics, maybe. <laughs> not so sure about that. And and, and also, um, um, who Charles, who does the um, view from the Emirates uh, with Monday Sportive, he said Kalasnic for fighting off the robbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah he's a... Yeah, so some uh, Scary, some, some very uh, valiant offers there. I mean, what did, what who are you saying, Dan? I've got, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for two. I'm going to go for a past and a present. So my past, um, I know that none of our listeners will be aware of who this is, unless we have some Coventry fans on. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. is a Bosnian centre half called No Konjic. Now he he played a few games of Derby back in the the mid noughties um, but he's about six foot four, six foot five. Um, Bosnian survived the war, and if you want to Google his name, Mo Konjic, you you'll see why you we think he might be handy in a fight <laughs> against a heavyweight boxer. Um, but my current one is going to be Dan Byrne, um, the Newcastle centre yeah. half. I just think he's too big. <laughs> I, I, I think he, he just he, he just get on top of him, he back him into the corner, um, and I think he just take the body shots all day all day. Yeah. Um, uh, Anthony Joshua so yeah Dan Burns is my current one who, who are you saying Jordan? Well, I'm going to go for a past one um, and I'm going to go with the old Czech Republic striker Jan Koller oh, big old oh, Jan Koller yeah. he looks like he the massive Jack Sam on steroids so um, six foot eight bald and as, as fierce as anything so I'm going to go with him give AJ a good run in that is a, a fantastic shout. I, I I put on Twitter my ones. Jerry Taggart, uh, the Northern Ireland centre back, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was just a, a menacing beast at, at the back, and he's. I, I reckon Jerry Taggart would put up a good fight against AJ. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Jerry Taggart's just voice. I've listened to a podcast he did under the cosh. Um, yeah. And oh my god, he's a scary sounding man as well. <laughs> and and if 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 you you guys or Monday sportive listeners want to uh, see a funny tale, listen to Mark Bircham talk about his uh, his little interaction with Jerry Taggart. He got him sent off uh, playing for QPR, <laughs> and let's just say the antics that uh, went on in the tunnel were 
were pretty rough and ready, but um, <laughs> it, it, it is a really funny story if you want to check that out. So listen, guys, we're, we're almost at the end of the podcast of episode two. Now let's have a quick look um, of the fixtures coming up this weekend in the Premier League. I mean, are, are there any standouts for, for you guys? For me, I think it would be interesting to see how Arsenal get on against Bournemouth away to see if they can carry that sort of form into the Bournemouth game. And of course, uh, Manchester United-Liverpool. Can Manchester United pull themselves out of this mess? I think they're the ones I'm looking forward to. How about yourself, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I quite like the Southampton game this weekend uh, against Leicester. I think that's going to be a real dogfight. Um, both teams look like they're struggling at the moment. And then the other one, obviously, is uh, I'm going to go Leeds-Chelsea. Please, Chelsea. <laughs> a good old, a good old fashioned, a good old derby, there. good old yeah, derby. There we go. And how about you, Dan? Yeah, I think I'll pick two out as well. Uh, I think Everton Forest is going to be the first six pointer of the season yeah. um, in the relegation battle. <laughs> um, and I think Fulham Brentford. I think that'll be a really yeah. interesting game. I think that's going to be an absolutely fantastic clash in the capital. Uh, yeah. And like we said, we, we've mentioned a lot about Fulham on this podcast. It'd be really interesting to see how they deal with Brentford because Brentford have got a real good style going on at the moment, haven't they? So it will be interesting. Right, well, that's it for this week. Monday Sportive listeners, uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, like, you know, uh, before we say, if you can subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter, it is always very much welcomed. Listen, guys, have a good one and we'll see you on the next show. See you later, guys. See you later on.